It's coming this November. And some headlines say it could be a direct hit on Earth a day before the U.S. election, as if 2020 couldn't get stranger. Do we really need to worry about an asteroid speeding towards us? Twenty eighteen VP one, that's the name of the asteroid. But even though some have speculated a disastrous strike, NASA says we need not worry. First of all, there's 0.41% chance it'll even hit. Second, the heavenly orbiter is the size of a car. They say it'll disintegrate as it enters our atmosphere before hitting the ground. Clarity, that's what we all want. And though we don't have to worry about an asteroid on November 2nd, many are concerned about an election outcome on November 3rd. What will come that day and in days to follow? We all agree it's uncertain. But there's one thing for certain. Jesus is coming again. Are you ready? Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're beginning a new series here in this final day of August called Homeward Bound. Homeward Bound, I wish I was Homeward Bound. Home, where my thoughts escaping, home, where my music's playing, home, where my love lies waiting silently. A top ten hit from the duo Simon and Garfunkel all the way back, can you believe it, 1966. A hit song, Yearning for Home. And that's what we're going to talk about this week. Are you yearning for home yet? If 2020 has reminded us of anything, it's that this world is truly fallen and in desperate need of a Savior. Last week, we started looking at the book of Revelation. It's a book that talks about the end of the world, but it's so much more. Too often, I think we get distracted by just the apocalyptic imagery and miss the main point from beginning to end. Jesus is reminding his people that he will lead them safely home. So in a moment, we're going to look at Revelation chapter 1. We'll see how Jesus gave John this vision to seven very specific churches in the first century. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw, that is, the word of God, and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it, and take to heart what is written in it. Because the time is near. That's just a teaser. We'll hear the rest of Revelation 1 later in this program. Did you know that Karen Heimbach recited the entire book word for word from memory? And as you just heard, that's the London Symphony Orchestra underneath her. After the program, I'd like to send you a copy of Karen's double CD set called The Revelation. It's an unforgettable experience as she brings revelation to life and as you listen to God's word being spoken aloud. I know you'll be blessed because the Bible says you will be. So why don't you get in touch after the program? Make a minimum gift to the ministry. We'll send you a copy of the revelation with our thanks 
and it's an expensive production, so your generous gift is always a blessing. Call us after the program at 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Or go online and check out a short feature on our website about the making of the Revelation Project, and then make your gift And you can do that when you visit us at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And now let's open with Sovereign Grace Music and a second coming song called How Long, O Lord. Every valley will be lifted high and the weak will be the strong. When you come like lightning in the sky,
You're listening to Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris, and this is a program called Homeward Bound, as we opened with Sovereign Grace Music and How Long, O Lord. In just a moment, I want you to think about how to get the most out of the book of Revelation. And by that, I mean, what's it all really about? But first, let's go back to Karen Heimbach. I want us to hear how she was led by the Lord to memorize the entire book of Revelation and then how she put together this production with a major symphony orchestra underneath her. The portion of scripture I was reading that day was I was starting with the book of Revelation. And even though I'd studied it in Bible college, I was reminded yet again, you just get down to the third verse of the first chapter and it says, blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy. I thought, well, I know how to do that. And then it says, blessed are those who hear it. And take to heart what is written in it because the time is near. And I thought, well, goodness, a lot of people are not hearing it because they're fearful of the book. They're afraid they're not either not smart enough or it's too much about doom and gloom instead about praise and worship of Jesus. And so um, I thought, wow, oh, this could be great. I mean, what gets any bigger? Nothing's any bigger than the book of Revelation. I mean, the end of one world and the beginning of the next where this earthly life meets, you know, eternity and where... Jesus is seen by all as the conquering king. And so I thought, oh, this this would be, this is where the blessing is. There's a guarantee of blessing here just for reading the book, for hearing it, and for obeying what you do understand. And so I thought, maybe I could be a voice that could uh, tell the story of the book of Revelation. That's Karen Heimbach. And I have to agree, is there anything bigger than Revelation. All Scripture, of course, is special in its own way, but there's something majestic about this final book. It shows us the big picture. It takes us through John's vision into the very throne room of heaven and shows Jesus' victory and how he brings his people safely home. In fact, it ends up being a bit of surprise at the end, doesn't it? Home turns out not to be in a spiritual heaven, but here on earth, as Jesus promises to make all things new. I so look forward to that day. I hope you are. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. A few years ago, we surveyed our Facebook site called All About Jesus by Haven Today. With well over a million followers, we asked them which of the following discourages them the most. Family fighting, worry over the future, disobedient children, spiritual lukewarmness. And if I could put it this way, which one would be your greatest discouragement today? Our survey showed that the greatest discouragement was family fighting, by far. And that was followed by worry about the future. Not far behind number two was lukewarmness in oneself and And then, finally, disobedient children, way down as number four. I wonder, if we took that survey today, in this year, if worry about the future might be number one. I know many of us are concerned. But in these next few minutes together, I want you to be encouraged about the future. As we look back on the discouragement of a 95-year-old Christian, He was the last remaining apostle alive. And on a Sunday, in prison on a Greek island named Patmos, 
This man cried out to his Savior, Jesus Christ, for a new vision of his Lord. And in the midst of John's Sunday praying, the Lord showed up. John saw once again, as we all must see, that Jesus was his friend, a friend of sinners. If you don't remember anything else in these few minutes we have together, it's this. Jesus can use even your discouragement to give you courage in him. The Apostle John found his faith tested as the power of Rome crashed down on the churches in central Turkey, his churches, seven in all. A new emperor arose who demanded that everyone in the empire, slave or free, acknowledge his divinity. Those who had made Jesus their Lord could never do such a thing, John included. So dark clouds of persecution released a storm of harassment and death even upon Jesus' contented sheep. John was by force taken to an island off the west coast of Turkey where the weight of persecution fell on his aged shoulders. Now what? John needed a revival. He needed to have faith and courage to face the present dark night of testing. He cried out to the living God for help, and God did what he always does when a heart grows desperate. He showed John the only thing that can revive the heart of a disciple of Christ. He showed him Jesus again. Now that's true revival. To see Jesus, and for those of us in Christ, to see Jesus again. As we're buffeted by the icy blast of trials, we are satisfied with nothing less than a new vision of Christ. Listen how Revelation opens in the very first chapter, recited from memory by Karen Heimbach, underneath the London Symphony Orchestra. And by the way, this was recorded at the famous Abbey Road Studios in London, where the Beatles also recorded their hit songs. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw, that is, the word of God, and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it. Because the time is near, John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and companion, 
And the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet which said, Write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. Write therefore what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and of the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Isn't that powerful? The words alone are a blessing. And of course they are. They're the words of God. And as you hear them powerfully recited by Karen Heimbuck, they begin to take shape in your mind and in your heart. And you know what they tell me? You and I need to see Jesus again. We need a revival. You and I don't need a new experience, a new insight, a new spiritual gift, or even a new book. We need to see Jesus again. Right in the opening of Revelation, John, there on that island of Patmos, in a cave, thinking about those seven precious churches of Jesus in the first century, just across the water from him. And all of us alive today, we're all reminded that Jesus, the faithful witness, is our sin-bearer. Have you thought how God shows us our sin to lead us to freedom from sin? We pick up on this in the opening lines of Revelation, which we just heard, but we also hear this theme in other places in God's Word, like there at the Last Supper in Matthew 26, while they were eating. Remember, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke the bread and gave it to his disciples. Remember what he said? take and eat. This is my body. But then right after that, he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my father's kingdom. And then they sang a hymn, and they went out to the Mount of Olives. 
Now, that was an ominous night. They didn't quite understand the cross and its power at the time, but those disciples knew something was up, and it wasn't good. But it really was good, because on a dark night, Jesus took their sin to the cross so that they might live in the light of the cross. It's been said, move beyond the cross into the resurrected life. But the cross is the center of a resurrected life. If we want to live with courage and move out of our discouragement, we must, must never move beyond the cross. When the disciples had sung that hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives, and they faced what came next, and so must we. The apostle John was called to be a vessel of encouragement. His Jesus gave him a privilege even in his discouragement. He was called to encourage the church back there in the first century. And he was called to encourage us today. After all, he had seen the Lamb of God crucified, but also resurrected and then ascended into heaven. And in his unique vision, he was shown that the Lamb does indeed triumph over all evil. And one day, this Lamb, who is also our great shepherd, will lead all of his little sheep safely home. I think that's worth being thankful for. I think it's worth praying about. Lord in heaven, you showed John on that island of Patmos who you are now in your reigning power, interceding for us. You showed that you're the one who is in control of our destinies and Christians are in your hands all the time. But we want to see you, Lord Jesus, as the center of heaven. And then to hear your prayer, may it be on earth as it is in heaven, where you are King of kings and Lord of lords, reigning forever and ever. Well, this is our prayer today. As we meditate on your wonderful word, this book of Revelation, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is Haven Today in a program called Homeward Bound. Revelation chapter 1 is what we heard today. Precious words for us today, just like they were for John the Apostle. It's my hope that this week you will find the book of Revelation precious as well. It can be a hard book to understand, of course. Many of us have stayed away from it because of the strange imagery and hard-to-understand passages. And yet that first chapter said, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what's written in it. Because, and hear me out, the time is near. And as you heard today, this book was written to encourage the church of Jesus Christ to not only be excited, but to be ready for his return. I want you to be blessed. I want to send you Karen Heimbuck's two-CD set called The Revelation for your minimum gift to this listener-supported ministry. You already heard me say the production includes the music underneath by the London Symphony Orchestra and then Karen dramatically reciting word for word. God's Word, the powerful story from Revelation. I know it'll bless you as you listen. The Bible promises that it will. 
Here's what you need to do. Call us right now. Call us at 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. And ask for your copy of The Revelation and do it now. Or you can visit us online, listen to excerpts from this special project. And while you're on the website, don't miss the short feature about the making of the Revelation. Karen talks about the project, and there's behind-the-scenes footage with Karen recording live there at the Abbey Road studio. Visit us now at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. My name is Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? But again, we'll share together this great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God, this is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Jesus once said, The kingdom of God is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden, and it grew and became a tree. And the birds of the air made nests in its branches. And, by the way, the mustard Jesus was talking about isn't the kind that comes in a yellow bottle. That comes from a mustard plant. He was talking about a mustard tree. And mustard trees are amazing. They need relatively little water to survive. In places most trees don't grow, they thrive. And the kingdom of God is like that. It grows from something small, but it becomes huge. And it often thrives in the most unlikely of places, a living testimony to the power of God. You can receive Anchor Devotional in print monthly at getanchor.com.